I want to welcome all of the churches around the world that are joining us for a But God series and excited to have you on this journey with us today. I want to talk to you about we don't have enough, but God provides. When Tiffany and I, my lovely bride, were engaged to be married in the summer of 1997, we were engaged and decided we wanted to go on a cruise to the Bahamas for our honeymoon. Uh, We could not afford the cruise to the Bahamas, so we put it on our credit card and went to the Bahamas anyways. Got back from our honeymoon and we moved into a fourplex, kind of an apartment complex kind of facility and We moved there and we didn't have any furniture except for the bedroom furniture that her parents gave us. And we decided we needed to have some living room furniture, so we went to the furniture store and we purchased brand new living room furniture on our credit card because we could not afford to have brand new furniture. And when we got married, we had a car loan that had several thousands of dollars that we owed on that car. We also had thousands and thousands of dollars of student loan debt. I had just graduated from college. My wife was in college at the time, and we had a huge school loan bill. And after getting married in December of 1997, in in March of 1998, I was meeting with the CPA and He informed me that I was considered self-employed as a minister, as a traveling evangelist. And he said, you're self-employed and you owe the government $500 of taxes. You owe the IRS, which we did not have. And I'm thinking, oh, my, my, my. How are we going to get out of this mess? Have you ever been there before? (laughs) Some of you can relate to me, and you've made some bad decisions and and got yourself into a financial hole. And and sometimes we can find ourselves in a financial hole, and it wasn't even our fault. Perhaps a spouse out of nowhere passes away, or you get laid off from a job. The car engine blows up. The economy tanks. Perhaps nobody ever taught you how to handle money. So you grew up not learning how to budget or how to save or how to properly handle credit cards. And so you are an impulsive spender. Debt is out of control. You find yourself robbing Peter to pay Paul because you're upside down financially. And we can find ourselves in such a financial hole that we feel trapped. We feel like things are hopeless. And because of financial struggles, because of financial holes that we can get ourselves into, people have emotional breakdowns. Stress level skyrocket. Married couples fight. Marriages end. 
crime increases. People become addicts. And the list goes on and on of all of the ramifications that take place because people find themselves in a financial hole. And what I want to do today is if you find yourself in a financial hole, I want to remind you of this powerful biblical truth. We don't have enough, but God provides. You say, Pastor, what should I do if I don't have enough? But I want to teach you what to do when you don't have enough from 1 Kings chapter 7. I'm going to pick up reading in verse number 10. If you have a Bible or a, a phone that has a Bible app, 1 Kings 17 verse 10, going to begin reading in just a few moments from that portion of Scripture. What do you do? When you don't have enough, number one is this, don't give up. Don't give up. Notice 1 Kings 17, picking up reading in verse number 10, it says, So he, talking about Elijah, went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. Notice that, that that's key. She was gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks. Notice, gathering sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it. And notice how desperate her situation is. We may eat it and die. This woman's husband had died. She had ran, run out of food and was down to just a, a little flour and a little oil to make her last meal. Her situation looked hopeless. But even though her situation looked hopeless, this lady was determined to fight until the very end. So she went to the town gate the last day to gather sticks so she could prepare this last meal for her and her son to eat. And then the scripture says, she said, we're going to eat and die. Death appeared to be right around the corner, but this lady still went and gathered sticks to prepare one more meal. She was broke, but she wasn't a quitter. I'm going to say that again about this lady. She was broke, but she wasn't a quitter. And because this lady was not going to give up, she was going to fight until the very end. She went that last day with her last little oil and last little flour, knowing this is all she had left. She still went to the town gate and gathered sticks on that last day. And because that lady did not give up and she went the very last day, she met the prophet of God. You see, that lady, because she did not give up, she met Elijah, and things began to change. You see, your financial situation may look hopeless, but I want to encourage you, go grab some sticks. Don't give up because you only have 
a little flour. You only have a little oil. Go gather some sticks. Don't you dare quit. It's not over. Let me say it again. It's not over. As long as you're still breathing, it's not over. Go gather some sticks. As long as blood is still running warm through your veins, it's not over. Go gather some sticks. You see, too many people quit too soon. They face a little adversity. They face a setback. They find themselves in a financial hole and they quit. And the key to a breakthrough is do not quit. Go gather some sticks. And this widow lady's but God miracle began because she did not quit during challenging times. And at the very last day, at the very last moment, she went and gathered sticks and a breakthrough happened. Number two is this. There's a, a second insight I want you to see on what should you do if you don't have enough. Number two, focus on what you have. Focus on what you have. Notice in 1 Kings 17 verse 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread only. Come on, at all the churches, everybody say only. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. This widow lady said, I don't have any bread, which was the truth. But she did have a little flour and a little oil. She said, I don't have any bread, but let me tell you what I do have. I'm focused on what I do have, and I got a little flour, and I have a little oil. This lady focused on what she did have. And you and I, we have to focus on what we have. Can I tell you that focusing on what you don't have won't change anything? It's useless to focus on what you don't have because what you don't have, you don't have. It won't change anything at all. But when people are going through financial struggle, they're going through difficult times, they find themselves in a hole. Can I tell you our tendency? Our tendency is to look at our neighbors and, and to see what they have. Our tendency is to look at our coworkers and to see what they have. Our tendency is to look at our friends and our family and to see what they have. But our breakthrough is not going to come from what they have. Our breakthrough is going to come from what we have. It may just be a little flour. It may just be a little oil. But we got to focus on what we have, not on what they have. Focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. But you say, I only have a, I don't even have $100. But you got 10 Focus on what you do have. You say, I don't even have a job, but you got legs. Go fill out some applications. Focus on what you do have. You say, I don't even have a car to drive, but you got $2 to catch the bus. Focus on what you do have. You say, I don't even have money to go out to eat a meal, but you got peanut butter and bread at home. Focus on what you do have. You say, I don't own a home, but you got a roof over your head. Focus on what you do have. So many people miss out on but God breakthroughs because they're so focused on what they don't have. And you got to get focused on what you do have. That's how my wife and I experienced a breakthrough. We were in over our heads with debt. Didn't know how we would get out the hole. Owed the IRS $500 that we did not know how we would pay. And you know what we did? We didn't give up. And we focused on what we had. You know what I did? 
I just kept traveling and preaching. And when I came home, the first three or so months of our marriage, I took a part-time job. I was a substitute teacher at the schools. I was so good at what I did, they wanted to hire me full-time. I'm just playing. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. But, but I substitute taught. My wife was a full-time college student, and she got a part-time job at Cole's department store. And we just focused on what we had. We just focused on what we could do. And in the midst of focusing on what we could do, I was in the state of Oklahoma preaching, and I went out to lunch with a pastor named Jim McNabb in Mustang, Oklahoma, who believed in Tiffany and I. He believed the call, on the call, believed the call of God upon our lives, believed that God's hand was upon our ministry, and just went out to lunch with me. I didn't share anything about our situation. He knew he had no idea of the financial debt we were under, the stress we were under. He had no idea that we owed the IRS $500. He had no idea. And at the end of our lunch conversation, he just slid over an envelope. How many of you know right then you want to open that bad boy up right in front of him? I mean, what's what's in this thing? You don't know what I'm going through. What is in this? Come on now. It better not be a coupon $2 off of Lucky Charm cereal. I don't need no $2 off coupon right now. We got in the car. I got in the car and I opened it up, tears in my eyes, looking at a $500 check. And we were able to pay our IRS bill because all we did is we did not quit. And we just focused on what we had and what we could do. You see, here's the key. Do what you can do and let God do what you can do. Do what you can do and let God do what you can't do. What do you do? What do you do when you find yourself in a financial hole? Don't quit. Number two, focus on what you have. Number three, be generous where you are. Notice Elijah, who was led by God, told this widow lady to make her last meal and to give it to him. Lady, lady, listen, lady, before you or your son eat, First, feed me. And all the mamas say, the devil is a liar. I'm not going to feed you my last meal when my baby hasn't even eaten. You're not hearing from God. You might have heard from Todd or Rod or Billy Bob, but God didn't tell you to tell me not to feed my baby. But God told this lady to be generous right where she was in the middle of a financial crisis. You see, one of the keys, I want to help you today. I want you to experience breakthrough. One of the keys to experiencing but God provision is to put God first in your finances now. Now. But I only have a little oil. I only have a little flower. I know, I know. Put God first now, lady, right now, now. But I got to feed my baby. Lady, listen, 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 listen. Put God first now. I want to give you three generosity breakthrough principles. Three generosity breakthrough. I'd write this down if I was you. Three generosity breakthrough principles. Number one is this. Generosity begins 
with what you have. With what you have. God told this broke lady to give first. Why? Because generosity begins where you are. Here's what people believe. People believe that they will be generous towards God when or if they get more. That's what people believe. But it is statistically proven that the more people make, the less they give. You see, people who make a lot of money, it's statistically proven. Go Google it. Go look it up yourself. It's statistically proven that they're the least generous, that they feel generous. They think they're generous because they can write a bigger zero, add a zero on the end of something. They add two zeros. But, but when it comes to statistics, it shows that they give a, le- a, a less percentage of their income away. That they feel generous because they can give more, but when it comes to percentage-wise, they're actually some of the smallest givers on the planet. Here's why, here's why, here's why. Because if you're not generous to God with little, you won't be generous with much. But here's what people think. People think, I only have a little oil, I only have a little flour. But I won't tell you what, when I get 12 dozen of bread one day, I'll be generous. No, 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 it's, it's, it's a myth. Because listen, generosity is a heart condition not a bank account condition. Generosity begins with what you have, even if it's only a little flour and a little oil. Tiffany and I, this is our story. Generosity is not something I teach because I pastor a church. I've lived this. I've been through, I've lived this since I gave my, gave my life to Christ. I've just, I believe the word of God. And when Tiffany and I, I was 22, she was 20, we had debt above our eyeballs. And owed the government. We still put God first. We still tithed. We gave offerings. We honored God. Because generosity is not a bank account condition. It's a heart condition. Lady, 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 listen, lady, lady, listen. You want a breakthrough? You want to have a breakthrough? Start being generous now with your little oil and your little flour. Let me give you a second generosity breakthrough principle. Write this down. Number two is generosity begins by giving to God first, by giving to God first. The scripture says in Matthew 6 and verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The context for this portion of scripture is talking about finances. Jesus was teaching about finances and he says, listen, you're you're, you're trying to store away in barns and you're trying to worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear. You're just worried about it. He says, listen, even the birds of the air, they don't sow or reap and your heavenly father takes care of them and quit stressing out, quit worrying, quit digging yourself into a financial your hold and here's what you need to do he said seek God first and his righteousness and all these things that you're worried about will be given to you as well Jesus says my kingdom before your kingdom put God first widow lady I love this widow lady this widow lady put God's kingdom before her kingdom and it was a key to her breakthrough God wants us to put him first in every area of our life, including our finances. I want you to see a third, a third generosity breakthrough principle. Write this down, a third generosity breakthrough principle. Generosity opens the door for but God provision, for but God provision. First Kings chapter 17 and verse 13 and 14 says, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. 
But first, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and, ha- and, and, and bring it to me. Notice this. But first, put me first, lady. Put me first. Put me first and give from what you have, not from what you don't have. And bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Lady, you don't have enough, but God will provide if you honor him. If you put God first, God wants to be first in your finances. I want to show you a scripture, Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. Proverbs 3, God wants to be first. God wants to be first. God wants to be first. The scripture says this, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits, notice that word, first fruits of all your crops. Then, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. God says, I want everybody, everybody to put me first. Give me the first 10%. God doesn't just want 10%. He wants the first 10%. Lady, lady, don't eat your food and then give me your leftovers. Listen, you want a breakthrough? Put me first. Give to me first and then there'll be leftovers. You'll, I will supply. There will be but God provision for you and your son, but first put me first, the first 10%. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10 says, bring the whole tithe. That's simply the first 10% of our income, the whole, the first, not leftovers, the first 10%. These are breakthrough principles. It says, into the storehouse, the local church where you worship, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. When I was studying this week, this just jumped out at me. I, I love just reading the Word of God. I've read the Bible t- time and time again, just throughout the entire Bible. And it just jumped out at me this week. It says, throw open. Everybody say, throw. See, you can open something and crack it open. But God says, you put me first. You return 10% to me first. He says, here's what I'll do. I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I'm not going to crack it open. There will be but God provision. Listen, 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 lady. You got a little flour. You got a little oil. I'm going to mess with you right now. I'm going to give you some breakthrough principles. Put me first. Give to me first. And the Bible says that God would just pour out blessing upon her and the flour would not be used up and the jug of oil would not run dry. If she honored God, what do you do when you are in a financial hole? Don't give up. Don't give up. Focus on what you have. Be generous where you are. Number four is this. There's a fourth, there's a fourth insight I want us to see. Just do it. Come on, somebody's going to get a breakthrough today. Just do it. Notice this in 1 Kings 17, verse 15. It says, she went away and did as Elijah had told her. I try to put myself in the text when I'm studying and reading the scriptures, and I try to put myself in the text, and just like this lady, thinking about if I, my, my lovely wife had passed away, which she hasn't and she's not, praise the Lord. And if I had only one of my children, and I'm a single dad, and I have no money, and I have a little oil, and I have a little flour, and I've heard a word from God, 
but I knew it was my last meal. Would I respond like this lady? Just do it. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food, because she did, because she just did it. There was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. The lady went away and did what God said, and she experienced but God provision. I want you to notice Proverbs 14 and verse 23. It says, work, just do it, just do it. Work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Here's what I know from the Word of God and from personal experience living out the Word of God. If you will work the Word of God, the Word of God will work for you. If you work the Word of God. But if you just keep talking, if you just keep talking, you're going to miss out on but God provision. You see, we don't have enough, but God provides when we honor him. But if you just keep talking and not just do the word of God, you miss out on what God wants to do. You know, from my own life, my wife and I, and we've lived this out, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. And you know what we did? We didn't give up. We focused on what we had. We were generous where we were, and we just did it. We, we honored God. We returned the tithe first. We, we gave offerings. We, we got on a budget. We start attacking our debt aggressively. We want to help you do this. There's a free financial class at all of our campuses beginning February the 25th, two Wednesday nights, February 25th and March 4th at 7 p.m. at all the campuses because we want to teach you about attacking your debt and getting on a budget and getting yourself financially free, getting some savings account set aside. We want to teach you these things, but, but, the, but the first thing is this, the first thing is this. Am I going to put God first with my little oil and with my little flour? And my wife and I did. And in our mid-20s, 24, 25 years old, my wife, 23, 22, 23, we were absolutely debt-free. And I could tell you about unbelievable but God provision moments in our life that God supplied because we honored him. And when God said, Herbert and Tiffany, I want you to go plant a church in Oklahoma City, we were able to say, yes, Lord, we will go wherever you want us to go because we're free and able to do exactly what you want us to do. And I so desperately want that for your life, for you to experience, but God provision. What do you do when you don't have enough? What do you do? Don't quit. Focus on what you have. Be generous right where you are. Just do it. Don't talk about it anymore. Just, you talked about it too long. Just do it with a little oil and a little flour. And watch your heavenly Father move supernaturally in your life. Throw open the floodgate.